Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. There's nothing like a global pandemic to remind us that control is an illusion. The last three years have provided us with ample opportunity to reconsider the schedules and routines that felt like the bedrock of our lives. While it's human nature to project our futures and the plans that will take us there, it's actually the unexpected twists that often impact our lives in the most significant ways. Lately, I've been thinking a lot about how we find opportunities in unplanned events. Serendipity is one of my favorite words. I'm in good company with journalist Claudia Kalb, who says, the word serendipity has tremendous appeal. It's both soothing and jaunty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a winning melange of serenity and zippy. <laughs> She describes serendipity as luck's whimsical sidekick. Luck befalls us in bouts of good, you win the raffle at work. And bad, a deer darts out in front of your car. Serendipity is something we fashion from a chance event, a happy accident pulsating with possibility. The pandemic and its torrents of uncertainty have sparked an interest in the study of serendipity. Experts across a variety of disciplines are asking, how do we cope in the face of curveballs? And can we improve our odds for those lucky turns? When I was in high school, I had a wonderful best friend named Courtney. We were blessed with one of those epic teenage, ride or die, boundlessly devoted friendships. Although we went to different colleges, we stayed close and nurtured big dreams for our life together. After four years of being hardworking, high achieving college students, we were ready for fun and adventure. The essence of our post-graduation plans involved two things, being waitresses and living in a trailer by the sea. <laughs> we couldn't wait. Our senior year of college, Courtney fell in love with Kevin, her first real boyfriend. The plan began to shift. Kevin and his best friend were moving to Boulder wouldn't it be fun if we all went to Colorado? 
This was certainly a departure from our trailer by the sea, but I came around. I eventually got excited about Boulder after a bit of research on the quaint and quirky town in the foothills of the Rockies. Alas, after graduation, the plan shifted again. Courtney and Kevin had decided to stay in our hometown and get an apartment together. I was devastated and completely adrift. I had no idea what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, and I was clinging to that plan with Courtney as my only shred of direction. It was a rough summer. At one point, I ran into my high school boyfriend who said to me, you can still go to Boulder. I can totally see you there on your own, having a great adventure. As our Buddhist friends would say, he gave me the view. What a gift. I packed up my little Toyota Celica convertible and drove 1,700 miles from Jacksonville, Florida to Boulder, Colorado. I moved my entire life to a place I'd never been, where I had no job and nowhere to live. It was one of the best things I've ever done. Not knowing a person in town, I was open to meeting anyone and everyone. I chatted up a lot of strangers, one of whom happened to mention that Ruby Tuesday was hiring and wasn't so picky about having previous restaurant experience. There ended up being a lot of great things about that job, but the best was meeting Aaron Vadney. Aaron was a kindred spirit who would become my housemate in Boulder and remains one of my dearest friends to this day. I also served as a volunteer at a day shelter, which led me to connecting with an extraordinary woman named Suzanne Baldwin. I could preach an entire sermon on Suzanne. She was my personal Oprah and a shining embodiment of love and spirit at work in the world. Suzanne was my first spiritual teacher and she opened up the path that's led to me standing here right now. How can we put ourselves in the way of good fortune? The great news I've got for you this morning is that we can nurture serendipity and harness it in creating meaningful lives. While any particular chance encounter is an event, serendipity is a process. The experts in this emerging science have outlined three key elements to cultivating the process of serendipity. They also tell us that small changes in our behavior can have a big impact. After all, sometimes it's the most mundane moments that change your life. The first step in cultivating serendipity is to practice being open. 
When we are open to new experiences, we invite opportunity and inspiration into our lives. Pay attention. Cultivate a sense of alert expectation and listen for the voice of spirit. Being open can be as easy as venturing outside. Leave your phone in your pocket so you can keep your head up. Smile at strangers. Be curious. When meeting someone new, try replacing the standard, so what do you do? With more relational questions like, what's on your mind? Or what's inspiring you right now? Start to challenge your unconscious biases and preconceptions of what's possible. Unlikely things are happening around us all the time but go unnoticed because our expectations aren't tuned in to see them. Expand the range of what you expect to happen. The second element in cultivating serendipity is learning to connect the dots. When you encounter something unusual or unexpected, think, this is a trigger for serendipity. Then consider how it might be linked to facts or events that previously seemed unrelated. Meaningful coincidences have been described as tiny miracles steering us toward the good life. Or as Albert Einstein famously said, coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous. It takes practice and wisdom to filter information in this way and discover the value in the connections. Christian Bush, author of the book, The Serendipity Mindset, The Art and Science of Creating Good Luck, describes the skill as creatively recombining events, observations, or fragments of information based on the un unexpected recognition of a meaningful link. He urges us to see bridges where others see gaps. Canadian writer and academic Rebecca Luce Kepler commends us to the practice of reading or writing poetry to cultivate our ability to connect the dots. She says, the word serendipity conveys that insight arises from preparation. Paying close attention, recognizing that something holds the potential of significance, and searching for the relationship among things are the practices of poets. This work prepares the ground for serendipitous events. Without earlier consideration and notice, it's easy to miss the opportunities that come calling. American poet Charles Simic echoes this idea, saying, in the beginning, poems are like a table on which you place interesting things you found on your walks. A pebble, a rusty nail, a strangely shaped root the corner of a torn photograph. 
where after months of looking at them and thinking about them daily, certain surprising relationships, which hint at meanings, begin to appear. In its essence, an interesting poem is an epistemological and a metaphysical problem for the poet. The final element in cultivating serendipity is human effort. Be prepared to take action. When we recognize potentially transformational coincidences, it's essential to grasp hold and do something with these fleeting moments. Tenacity and resilience are often crucial in turning potential serendipity into a positive outcome. Allowing for the unexpected can spark relationships and galvanize innovation. Every love story involves an element of serendipity. Here's one of my favorites. This is the tenacious Barack Obama, 44th president of the United States, describing how he met his beloved wife, Michelle. After my first year of law school, I took a summer job at a firm in Chicago. A year earlier, I'd been working as a community organizer in some of the city's poorest neighborhoods. And I struggled with the decision to go to a large firm. But with student loans mounting, I couldn't pass up those three months of generous salary. Michelle worked at the firm too. In the luckiest break of my life, she was assigned to be my advisor, charged with helping me learn the ropes. I remember being immediately smitten with her. I asked her out. She refused. I kept asking. She kept refusing. I'm your advisor, she said. It's not appropriate. Finally, I offered to quit the job, and at last, she relented. On our first date, I treated her to the finest ice cream Baskin Robbins had to offer. Our dinner table doubling as the curb. I kissed her and it tasted like chocolate. I knew those student loans were gonna get me a great education, but I had no idea they'd lead me to the love of my life. Nearly half of all major scientific breakthroughs emerge as the result of accident or coincidence. Here's one of the most legendary stories of science and serendipity, as told by journalist Benjamin Wolfe. Alexander Fleming's discovery of the first antibiotic, penicillin, in 1928, is rightfully regarded as a triumph of serendipity. His petri dishes of cultured bacteria hastily stacked on a workbench while he was away on vacation, became contaminated with a bacteria-killing mold. That stroke of luck, combined with the wisdom to notice things not sought after, earned him a Nobel Prize and a place in medical history. What's less well-known 
is that Fleming's earlier discoveries, such as the antibacterial enzyme lysozyme, came about from a similarly keen perception. So it wasn't just good fortune. Fleming had a practice of active and careful looking. People who are always observing are primed for discovery. My friends, we are living in a fast-changing world that's facing entrenched problems, including political polarization, systemic racism, and looming ecological collapse. Much of our future will be driven by the unexpected. Let's lean in to the lifeline offered by serendipity and put relationships and a sense of meaning at the core of our existence. We can create a world rich with serendipity, driven by curiosity, opportunity, and a sense of connection. Don't miss it. Amen. And now for our benediction, I invite you to put your hands over your heart in namaste. I bow to the divine in you. May we embrace life with the spirit of the poet, paying close attention and staying open to significance. Help us harness the tiny miracles steering us toward the good life. Fill our days with lucky turns and magical moments of good fortune. Bless us with the hope, joy, and possibility that come from cultivating serendipity. Let's keep this faith, beloveds, and pass it on. The service begins when the service ends. Bless your hearts. I love you. Amen. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. 
Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace.